0: episode 90 fractured skulls we're 10 away from the big one zero zero yay we've been doing this for a hot minute now and uh we're gonna start this a little different same crew as always hosting Turner Travis Monoxide it is June 4th 2022 and I got a question for you Monoxide
1: you got a question go ahead
0: yes we have we have five big major film studios in America what are they
1: uh Universal, I presume is one.
0: Ding, that's one.
1: Uh Disney, I would presume is another. That's two. Uh isn't DreamWorks a part of one of them?
0: DreamWorks is its own studio, but they have collaborated with a lot of the major studios, but they are not a major studio. They're not on that level.
1: Uh twenty one Century Fox?
0: They got bought by they count as Disney. They got bought by Disney.
1: Isn't Marvel now like a studio or some dumb shit? They're under Disney. Under Disney? Wow. I would presume everything is just bought by Disney at this point. Uh, What about DC movies?
0: Who are they under?
1: Uh, Warner Brothers.
0: There you go. That's three.
1: Okay. Um, What are the other two? Shit. Disney, Universal, Warner Brothers.
0: You're just on the app.
1: Oh, Paramount?
0: That's four. You got one more.
1: Uh let's see. Can't be HBO Max.
0: No, that's Warner Brothers.
1: Yeah. Um fuck. Uh, MBC It's not a movie company though.
0: Oh they're not there, owned by Comcast. Comcast also owns Universal, which is under one.
1: Okay. Uh what's what's the last one?
0: I'll give you a hint. Statue of Liberty.
1: How does that sound familiar? I, I also think of like MGMs with the the lion that always roars.
0: They were. They're not anymore. Because of uh, since they've been bought by Amazon. They're not considered. I think I
1: know. I know what you're talking about with Statue of Liberty, but their name escapes me right now.
0: They did the Spider-Man movies.
1: Uh, the name still escapes me.
0: It starts with a C.
1: Name still escapes me.
0: I'm gonna say it slowly. Colum. Who discovered America? Columbus. Alright, what's the name of that studio?
1: Columbus. Columbia. Columbia, okay, and what's the sole purpose of this question?
0: I, it's just a trivia, I just wanted to test you.
1: Oh, okay. Columbia Pictures. Columbia Pictures uh, like I would have known that
0: once you see the studio logo like oh yeah okay
1: and yeah maybe but I wouldn't recognize them in the same ballpark as like Universal Pictures or Disney
0: well no but they're still considered major but you know out of all those big five Columbia's the only one that doesn't have its own
1: streaming service I mean besides Spider-Man what other movies are they known for
0: Oh, what other franchises? Uh, I don't know. I know they did Matilda. I mean, they they've done. They have like good movies under their belt. But like, what franchises they have? I couldn't. Yeah, like, I had to look. I had Google it.
1: Yeah, like what movies could they trademark and put on their app and be able to tell the public to pay them, whatever it is, like ten bucks a month to. Stream all of the content that they can provide.
0: Uh, the don't... Adam Sandler movies?
1: Really, Adam Sandler? I'm gonna pay ten bucks to watch that fart knocker. Go ahead and. <laughs> it's maybe this is just me personally. I always found Adam Sandler very overrated. I don't think the guy's funny that at all. With the exception, of maybe Big Daddy. I was like his, really, but like him and Billy Madison, him and Happy Gilmore, him and. Uh, longest Yard... Going Overboard... Uh, Waterboy... I always found the dude to be more annoying than funny...
0: Okay... So you're not a big Sammer guy... So who would you no. say... Oh okay... They did Ghostbusters...
1: Alright... It's Ghost... Well Ghostbusters... I remember being part of Universal at one point... So... At least a park... Like... Is Columbia gonna be like... Oh yeah... We're gonna take Ghostbusters back... Or some shit... I don't know...
0: Well no... They make... They make... You know... Um... I'm pretty sure they get a take... If they put any of their franchises Part of their park Whatever percentage Probably half
1: Right But that Columbia Pictures Just seems like a company Kind of similar to what we said About 21 Century Fox They're owned by Disney But they pretty much Or DreamWorks I should say they, They're Kid. the one They're the ones That make movies For these big companies
0: I mean they got some franchises We just mentioned Ghostbusters uh, They got the Karate Kid mo- Movies under their belt Um See Rocky's MGM, so that's so that's Amazon. So, so much for that. Let me look up mm-hmm. Columbia Picture franchises. Uh, Fast Films, that's, that's all Universal.
1: Hmm. I don't think they would ever release. I don't think they had their name value is anywhere close to like a Disney. Let's just say to be able to have a streaming app.
0: Well, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna read some here. Uh, Men in Black. Uh, it's
1: that Universal Studios park. So,
0: uh, Charlie's Angels.
1: Oh yeah. Hmm.
0: Uh Bad Boys
1: Which one? The Sean Penn or the Will Smith movie?
0: Uh, uh Bad Boys franchise. So I'm going to go with the Will Smith.
1: Yeah, cuz Bad Boys with Sean Penn was just a standalone film.
0: That was a good movie. Mhm. Uh The Grudge. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Zombie L- Not much. Zombie Lent Kubert. Oh, apparently Cuber? They- yeah the game <laughs> They probably they, they own that
1: Wow Like That was my mom's Favorite game too That's crazy
0: Yeah they don't have much uh, The daddy daycare movies The girl the dragon Tattoo stories Okay uh, And of course Spider-Man The Anaconda films I know what you did Last summer Franchise
1: Oh yeah that's gonna That's a seller
0: uh, I could see why They never started an app
1: Yeah Yeah so, there you go. That answers your question. But apparently, they're of the top five biggest studios.
0: Yeah, i kind of surprised by that, honestly.
1: Eh, it is what it is.
0: It is what it is. Uh, not many news stories today. Uh, I mean, uh, Amber Heard, and we already talked about this. Hopefully, it's been the last time. Her scenes from Aquaman 2 have been completely removed. There's been a petition to replace her or to recast her with Bruce Campbell. And Why? It has reached over 3 million signatures. Why Bruce Campbell? Because why not? Because,
1: wait, they want Bruce Campbell to play the same role that Amber Heard played?
0: Yes, the fans have spoken. They want Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell tweeted. He responded to this by saying, send me a script.
1: So, wait, what was Amber Heard's character
0: in this movie? Uh, She was basically the love interest of Aquaman.
1: So they want bruce campbell to play the love interest of aquaman (laughs) yes uh huh okay sure
0: look bruce campbell could do no
1: wrong all right that's fine and dandy but uh, okay so aquaman played by jason momoa correct yes okay back in the day during the the whole uh 80s wrestling the part of attracting female viewers was to get a very handsome guy To attract those female viewers in Jason Momoa is a guy I would definitely choose to attract female viewers Is it really going to attract Female viewers if you imprint it in their head That he's got a love interest in Bruce Campbell And he's reciprocal to it You know they just
0: keep going like nothing happened I understand that But You're trying to make too much much sense out of this
1: Oh I guess so Except it's Bruce Campbell It's Bruce Campbell. I don't... Listen, I'm not arguing the fact that you can have Bruce Campbell in a movie. Or, if you want him to be in a movie, have him play a completely different character, but have the same exact role that Amber Heard had. Or the same importance, I should say. But the fact that you want him to play the exact same character, and nobody to raise alarms like, Wait, did this character have a sex change? Or or did they lie about their gender? Or what... I don't know, because aren't genders like Pokemon these days? We're discovering new ones. Sure. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's, it, 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 I, I'm, I'm confused by the whole ordeal as it is. So.
0: I think it was done as a joke. I don't think people were being serious. but I don't know. It's the internet.
1: I don't know, because three million people are petitioning for it to happen.
0: Who knows? I, I, I doubt it. I don't think Warner uh, Brothers is going <laughs> to commit to this.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, if they do it, it's not gonna have me lose much sleep. Go ahead, have fun. I, it, all I say, all I ask, all I ask is if you're gonna have Bruce Campbell, he needs to at least say groovy one time. Groovy. Oh, groovy.
0: Well, I guess I'll get to our second and last news story. It's not much done, not much news that happened this week or this weekend, but um, I've already brought it up to you. It looks like they're gonna be working on a Pennywise documentary, uh, possibly talking about the character and the book and the, the mini series and, of course, the recent uh, films it's been portrayed in. Coming out uh, late July, looks like.
1: For theaters or for what app?
0: Uh, it said Screenbox. I mean, I I've never heard of Screambox.
1: That sounds like. It. Remember in Malibu's Most Wanted when the guy wanted to know uh, where did you learn that from? Grand Theft Auto Three. Oh, can I play sometime? Uh, you got PlayStation 2? Nah, I got GameCast. GameCast? No, there's GameCube and then there's Dreamcast. I got GameCast. I can't afford. it.
0: Dude, the Screenbox sounds exactly like a GameCast. Yeah, it says Screenbox and Video on Demand. Uh, Power the Blades Power Screenbox Streaming Service. Okay, so that it sounds like an app. Uh, bloody that was has been promoted by bloody disgusting. It's probably their own app. I didn't
1: even know they had sure. their own Fair sure enough. Alright, so then have fun with it. Uh, I don't know if I would see it, but it's like... But... I wasn't really... I, I wasn't crazy about the theatrical version of Pennywise. I thought the guy who played him tried way too hard. was not that good. Uh, Tim Curry, to me, is Pennywise. Always will be Pennywise. Sort of like the guy, well, this guy I didn't think did too bad of a job, but the guy, who's the guy that did the remake for Nightmare on Elm Street, who did Freddy Krueger? I I don't know the actor's name, but he was nothing like Robert Englund. Robert Englund, to me, is Freddy Krueger. That's just how I see it. Same thing with, like, to me, Arnold is the Terminator. Or, um, better yet, best example, because the guy did a good job but he just wasn't the original. Malcolm McDowell did an okay Dr. Loomis, at least in the first movie. The second movie, they, they nobody could save that. But to me, Donna Pleasance is always Dr. Loomis.
0: Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, you know, it's especially like Halloween. They, they just, Rob Zombie just didn't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. It's such an iconic film. But uh, it says uh, they have interviews from Richard, actor Richard Thomas, who was in, in the original It, uh, Seth Green, and Tim Curry.
1: Wow, well, that makes sense because he was in the first film or the miniseries, I should say.
0: Yeah, they said it said it's going to be in-depth look on the 1990 series, so that's, that seems to be the main focus. But they're going to talk about the other, the new movies as well.
1: Oh well, then in that case, I'd have more interest because I did like the miniseries. Although it's going to be heartbreaking to see Tim Curry because I think he's wheelchair bound now because he suffered a stroke back in 2012. Yeah, so. I love tim curry so I, I i don't want to see him in a bad state if he is in a bad state i haven't seen much of him post stroke so it'd be hard to watch
0: I, i've seen one video of him i believe he he probably he did like of those comic cons he was on stage he was in the wheelchair and he talked about it i think saw an accent about you know what he's thinking a new one he's like oh i hope they fix the ending <laughs> but yeah. the, Like Tim Curry charm, he's still there because he was making people laugh and everyone was just so happy to see him.
1: That's good because, uh, what's his face? Uh, Bobby Heenan, uh, wrestling manager back in the day, he had had throat cancer twice or some shit. And the first time, he did look different, but he was still able to talk. But the second time left him without a jaw, kind of similar to Roger Ebert when he had his throat cancer. And if you see some videos of Bo- uh, Bobby Heenan, when he literally had no jaw. Even he still had his comedic spirit. He mm. still was being funny. So it's always good to see those guys in good spirit because I, I don't know how I would be in that situation. I would hope to be the same way, but that's off to
0: him. Uh, Tommy Lee Wallace directed the miniseries. I didn't know that. He directed Halloween 3. Wow. And, of course, he's um, he's mostly known for designing the Michael Myers mask. I didn't know he was involved because so I know originally George Romero was supposed to direct it. But he backed out due to creative differences.
1: I would presume so because I would think that Stephen King had hands-on with that miniseries.
0: Yeah, and and, just, and Romero are great friends, and you know they love doing creep show together, and that's that's so unfortunate. That was the only time they ever worked together. i because I'm, I'm pretty sure they obviously they wanted to work with each other again, and it just didn't happen. Well, because Romero was never a guy that like that played well with Hollywood.
1: Because Stephen King is very hands-on with his because. I know he hated the shining jack nicholson hated it because they just did they butchered a lot of what he wrote in his book that's where the stand did i say the stand the shining miniseries comes in that yeah, seemed I, like
0: that's in the 90s one. with all the miniseries he was more hands-on with those projects
1: yeah that the stand um like tommy
0: knockers
1: mm-hmm. so I would presume that's probably why because Stephen King wanted to stay faithful to the book which I understand you want to stay faithful to the material that got fans hooked to your novel or series or whatnot
0: and Stephen King is a pretty open guy too because he likes directors and writers kind of doing their vision to a story I, I guess I guess it depends the story it depends the material I mean you know all these stories are kind of like your baby in a sense
1: yeah especially it's
0: your ba- with story like like the shining
1: and somebody's tampering with it not understanding your material yeah so i think the tekken director should have taken a lesson
0: well i think it also depends how well these people involved in the project respect you well i don't know if the film crew of the tekken movies respected the video game people who made the games They probably said i'll just keep them upset I do. I do hear those stories.
1: So then, why even make it in the first place if you don't even respect the franchise? It's a money grab. That's that simple. Just look yeah. at the new freaking Halo series. If you don't respect the franchise, you probably have it in your mind like, how? Uh, there's no way this thing is making fucking money.
0: The biggest. No. example the biggest example I could give you is what they did when they did the live action Dragon Ball Z movie
1: alright and how old did that
0: that came out 2008 and the film completely flopped both financially and critically
1: Okay. the writer
0: to this day is still apologizing (laughs) to fans for what he did
1: because did that film follow the material from the anime So, that should be a lesson to some of these directors that maybe just take the material, put it on screen, find the proper actors, and pace it well enough to where you satisfy all ends to the mean. Stop thinking, well, uh, what do they know? Uh, I have no respect for this franchise because that's what's going to cause the failure. The second movie didn't do so well either.
0: Yeah, I... I, honestly, I didn't even remember. I didn't, I didn't even know a Tekken film even came out until You said something to me.
1: Yeah, I like, oh, it came wait, out wait, I look at that. And I remember the rumors leading up into the movie's release, they had thought of acquiring Batista to play King, which never fucking happened because King's not even in it. Point being, how do you... Uh, uh, that really blows my mind it makes no fucking sense how you're a director or you're a film company and you acquire a franchise from video games a novel whatever and you don't respect it or don't want to acknowledge the source material so you just completely forego what made it popular in the fucking first place and do your own and then are shocked when it doesn't do well
0: you know that they're all not like sonic you remember when that sonic trailer first dropped the very first movie
1: Yeah, when the freaking Sonic looked like shit.
0: And what did the studio do? Did they complain to the fans and say, hey, you're, you're, you know, you should be more respectful? No. They said, hey, we heard you guys. We're going to fix it. The film slightly got delayed, I believe, a month or so. They, They didn't tell the fans to go fuck themselves. Guess what they did? They fixed it. And you know what? I commend Paramount for that. I say, you know, because they fixed it. They didn't insult the fans. They took the feedback to the heart. I'm going to give this movie a chance. I'm going to go to the theaters and give it my support. Yeah, And they did fix
1: it. And I criticized. some. There was somebody that said. No they should have gotten it right the first time. So I'm not going to go see it. And I'm like well then. You are just giving these filmmakers more of a reason not to listen to you. Because now. Even when they do try to rectify it. You're still not going to. Go and see it and basically reward them for listening to you. So, that's your own fucking fault if the fucking movie flops. So
0: Yeah, and the movie made money right... Bo- and it came out like a month or so right before the pandemic hit. Yeah. And then they made a sequel, and it's one of the best... It's probably the best video game film. But I do recommend the Sonic films. The second one is, but, is better than the first.
1: And then... With going back to Tekken sometime this year they're releasing an anime on Netflix called Tekken Bloodline and based on what I've seen in the trailer they're at least for the most part following the game material storyline wise maybe it won't be totally on point even if it's not 100% on point at least try to be on point
0: I'm not sure how we got into this conversation what started (laughs) it
1: something about pennywise and uh the source material because of stephen king oh
0: yes yes that's yes, okay but yeah that's that's the point yes but the story that they're coming out with this uh documentary series um it may i wouldn't be surprised if it drops on shutter sometime in the future because i know shutter gets a lot of like documentaries i recently saw a documentary on there called the uh, found footage phenomenon mm-hmm. uh just it's about 100 minutes. It just talks about the uh, the found footage film the genre and you know all the films that have, like impacted it. You got your obvious, Blair Witch. Um, the one film I'm surprised they didn't mention was um, uh, we fucking uh, Grave Encounters. Uh, no, they, they didn't mention VHS either.
1: I don't remember it being popular though.
0: No, it wasn't popular. But you know, I. But it's not like the found footage genre isn't really mainstream. And I don't see VXP. I don't think that style would
1: work mainstream. Well, the only found footage film that I'd seen in theaters was uh, the second Unfriended movie. Mm-hmm. I'd seen the first one at home, and I thought it was... It was as hokey as it was. It was fine. The second one I didn't find too big because that, that one wasn't supernatural. That was more Dark Web-esque. So that one... That's what made that one a little bit more intriguing because it didn't really involve ghosts or uh, uh, parallel universe or or the paranormal I should say. That involved more of like these people tampering with the dark web type of deal so it it was a different take and I don't know if they're going to make a third one but I wouldn't be opposed to it if they can find different material for each of the unfriended movies.
0: And, of course, the one uh, found footage film me and you have reviewed on here that we both really enjoyed that seems like no one talks about or has even heard of it was Zero Day.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's available on YouTube for crying out loud, so it's pretty accessible.
0: Yeah. uh, It's, again, a film that we both heavily recommend, uh, Zero Day. It's one of the best we've seen of the found footage genre. Is it a horror as it does it deal with supernatural? No. It's the horror of, well everything that's happening now, it seems to be with school shootings. And, well, you know, and that's just to plug our episode. Go check that. Go listen to that episode and we'll get in way more detail on that in that video.
1: Yeah. Or and audio. keep in mind, that movie came out, what, 2003? Yeah. And now we, we're hearing more about school shootings every day because, you know, the mainstream media wants us to fucking argue about guns constantly and stuff like that. So...
0: I'm at it. Yep. And that's going to do it for our news stories. And I guess we'll just go straight into the film discussion. And we're going to go to the one where it all started. 1993. The Steven Spielberg classic, Jurassic Park. uh, Based on a novel by Michael Christian. I believe he co-wrote the uh, screenplay alongside David Cope. Or I'm so bad with pronouncing these uh, writers' last names. Uh, uh-huh. We also wrote uh, the first Mission Impossible film. Let's talk about Jurassic Park. This was something you wanted to do.
1: Uh, Yeah. So, I have a unique story when it comes to it. Uh, so, at one time, I did not like the first film. I did not like Jurassic Park. Because this film, I would say for the first hour, we'll get into the movie first hour is mostly dialogue and then the second hour it's the dinosaurs doing their thing and it's a pretty decently length film it's like two hours and 15 two hours and 20 minutes something like that and I didn't like this 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 is the I guess the contrarian part of me kicking in this was at a period where like things that were popular that I didn't understand why they were popular, I had to rebel against. Uh, Jurassic Park was not the only victim of this. Uh, the band Corn was a victim of this from me. Uh, Green Day was a victim of this for me, even though I still don't really care for Green Day. I just don't have that same passionate hatred for them. Eminem, they fall into the Green Day territory. I still think he's a fucking idiot, but that's another story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, yeah, Korn I actually like now. I've listened to their music. I like them. But going back to Jurassic Park. So, where I got to rewatch them. So, I think I've said it many times in this podcast. I'm a avid pass holder at Universal Studios Florida. And I have been so since 2013. And I can't remember the first time I actually went on... Jurassic Park River Adventure, but it might have been with my wife. I'm looking at her now. I want to see was the first time I wrote it with 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 you. She's she's nodding her head, so I I'll take her word for it. Her memory is better than mine in some cases. So especially when it comes to our relationship, she knows more about our relationship than I do sometimes. So anyways rode it, it. It's in the same vein with Harry Potter. When I rode Harry Potter before I went there and rode the Harry Potter rides, I had only seen Harry Potter 1 through 4. So up till Goblet of Fire. Once I went there, I watched the rest of So I did the Jurassic Park right I'm like, you know what? Let me give this movie another chance. And I have to say for 1993, this movie is fucking impressive with <laughs> its visuals. This movie... Oh... God, some of much shit that goes on. So, and on top of that, from what I hear about the later Jurassic Park films, is that these characters are way more believable. They're not like too over the top. So,
0: I I kind of feel like Jurassic Park was like the end of the smart big blockbuster films because because you just mentioned you know later in the films they basically got dumber, they got more ridiculous. This was probably the smartest of all the films, is, of course, the first one. I don't know where where the big, dumb blockbuster film started. If I had to take a guess, it'd probably be Independence Day. Because I don't like that movie.
1: Really? You don't think that movie...
0: I was never a fan of that film. I like... I mean, I like the explosions, but that's it. I don't like everything else.
1: I mean, I don't have that movie memorized. Which is ironic, because Jeff Goldblum's also in that movie, as he is in this one. (laughs) But I don't remember it being stupid. Like, uh, would you consider Titanic a dumb blockbuster movie?
0: No. So was, I think the the nineties was a transition period. Yeah. Like the dumb blockbusters were kicking in, and it, it started with Independence Day.
1: Should, should we define what we mean by dumb?
0: Stupid films that studios throw a lot of money at, and they make a and they make the big bucks. Fast and the Furious is a dumb blockbuster. Dumb summer blockbuster films, Fast and the Furious, Transformers, all of them. Uh, the the new Ninja Turtle movies. Hell, the the Marvel movies are starting heading towards that direction. Cause usually every year, every summer we get that one big movie. The one movie you get all the big names, you get your your uh, Ryan Reynolds, uh, and they fight whether some alien threat or whatever it could be. What about? You, they're all—they're all not like that. You have some good ones in between there. Some that may be forgotten about, but for the most part, it's like oh, I uh, it's another what one. Saying,
1: like, what about Pulp Fiction? That came out after this.
0: I wouldn't consider that a popcorn summer blockbuster film.
1: What about Forrest Gump?
0: No, not that new. Sunshine. It's it gotta be a film that's catered to teenagers. That's—that's that's the target audience.
1: Was Jurassic Ch- Park really catered to teenagers, though?
0: Yes and no. I think the idea of dinosaurs would would attract kids. That's that's why I could. That's why I said this is like one of the last like smart s- summer popcorn films. Cause Star- Cause I mean, you know, Star Trek is another summer uh, popcorn film. Uh, uh, Star Wars.
1: Yeah. Well, then, by that like, logic, o- 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 you know, o- o- those were still well-written films. Yeah, so Star Wars Episode Three, I would think. As a popcorn film? Yeah, well, that was, in my opinion, a decently well-written film. It at least explains how Anakin joins the dark side.
0: Yeah, as I mentioned, you you have those in-between ones.
1: Right, but the the quote that I'm getting from you is that Jurassic Park was the last
0: one. I'd say of that era,
1: maybe. Of, like, Uh. the really
0: smart, well-written summer blockbuster films.
1: That's only made for teenagers.
0: Well, I I I think the idea of the dinosaurs were would interest kids, not just teenagers, but kids as well, just kids in general.
1: Because this film and
0: and, and the fact I think that Spielberg is behind the camera would attract the adults too, or even the adults with the kid, the teenage minds. Ooh, dinosaurs! But and the and the reason I said it because Jurassic Park is such a well directed film. Some people would even say it's a perfect film. It's a ten out. It's a masterpiece.
1: How about The Incredibles?
0: The Incredibles is a fun film. That That's a fun family film. I want, That's not dumb.
1: That's, well, yeah. Um, naming movies that were big, high movies. I mean, The Incredibles... Well, I,
0: I, well, I'm trying to ex- like explain it the best way I could. It's, it's a well-written film. It doesn't feel like the, it's a rushed film just to get out of theaters just to make money off of it. Like, you could tell watching this film, they took time with it.
1: Well, yeah, so...
0: I think that's what I mean.
1: Yeah, but I do think there were movies after it. Oh yeah, there there
0: are movies after that were good.
1: Yeah, but I'm just wondering how.
0: But the '90s was to me a transitional period where they realized, oh, we don't really have to write our movies like we don't have to put that much thought into it as long as we have. Oh, look at this explosion! Look at all this!
1: Well, the biggest culprit of that is Michael Bay because that's all he cares about.
0: Yes, he's a big culprit of that.
1: He's the yeah, worst. Him
0: and, and, and him and Roland Emmerich are the two, are the big two.
1: So. I don't even know. Because, like, this film, I wouldn't think is really a kid's movie, per se. Because there's a lot. There is some pretty graphic shit that happens in this film when you actually I, sit there and watch it.
0: Yeah, for a PG 13 film, it is pretty graphic.
1: So I don't know if it is a kid's film. It's just that for whatever reason, it, it's oh
0: i think i think when it comes to marketing it's like how do you market this movie
1: same thing oh so going back to the universal studios logic beforehand they they it's not there anymore but they had a show based on terminator terminator's not a kid's movie but yet they were showing an actual show with actual actors and screens and mixture of both for a part that's really about family friendly fun and i mean it got replaced to with born identity so i don't know what born identity is rated but yeah, yeah. I
0: feel like born identity is a popular note to get a fucking
1: ride <laughs> well it's not a That's ride it's more of a funny. show it's it's more of a show than it is a ride so
0: still i, like, I didn't realize the born identity had a following like that
1: oh look they have a dudley do right ride I don't even know when the last time Dudley Do even showed up on TV. To be honest, so it's the ride itself is fun. So I guess that's who cares what it's based off of. But uh, getting back into Jurassic Park, uh, yeah. So this film in particular, it's, it's violent, but there is a there is a good amount of dialogue that's traded back and forth. So like the first scene in in general is just the the people who are working in jurassic park or setting it up are trying to transport one of the dinosaurs and something goes wrong and one of them gets eaten
0: yeah it's so, very very spielberg esque how he shoots this opening scene it's a great opening scene
1: yeah and that's when uh I forget the guy's name, but the the guy who runs Jurassic Park refers to him as the blood sucking lawyer is over in the Dominican Republic getting ready to go over this park to see if they can approve it. But meanwhile, you have uh, Sam Neill's character, who is uh, Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler, who are... I forgot the terminology. I always refer to them as archaeologists, but I guess that's not the right term. Uh, but their job is they find dinosaur bones.
0: Yeah, pa- a paleontologist. A paleontologist.
1: Yeah, uh, I guess. Yeah, there you go. That's the so, like
0: it. scientific, yeah.
1: Yeah, so in the very beginning of this film, they, they, they're they looking through some bones, doing their job virtually.
0: Yeah, I, real quick, I love how the bone that they found is perfectly shaped like a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> because when you find bones, they're not just scattered all over the ground. And, and I love how the, all the bones is to this one particular dinosaur. It's not like just a pile of bones that could have been from 13 different dinosaurs. <laughs> I'm pretty sure real-life uh, pantheologists are, like, losing their minds.
1: <laughs> well, in the end, that that is a major nitpick, but...
0: It's a nitpick, yeah, but, you know, it's, I, I get it.
1: It's, it's, it's one of the minor complaints. There's only one real major complaint I have of this film, and I don't know if it's major, but I'll get to that. So, anyways, they're approached by uh, John Hammond, like, by Richard Attenborough, who uh, wants both Ellie Sattler and Alan Grant to come see his park because he needs approval from these two specialists who can look through it and be able to uh, let lawyers go ahead and, and let it good, be good to go, because he doesn't trust lawyers. But meanwhile, Dr. Ian Malcolm will also be there, who is played by Jeff Goldblum, who is a mathematician who studies the chaos theory very well. He brings him. So it's the lawyer. I'm trying to remember who plays the lawyer. I think it's uh, Martin Farroa, uh, and I'm trying to remember his character name, Donald something.
0: Uh, Donald Gennaro.
1: Alright, so yeah. That's who they have to bring to this island. Now keep in mind, while this is going on, um, Dennis Ned Nidra, Ned or Nidra, who's played by Wayne Knight, wants to steal the patent that uh, John Hammond Has developed to reincarnate these dinosaurs so that he could sell it to somebody and make a profit.
0: And it turns out that he would—he feel like he's being underpaid by. uh, He he had he had his issues with, uh, with Dr. Hammond, which is why he's doing this side job.
1: Behind his back, he's stealing the patent so that he can make money. Uh, This is where the famous meme comes in because the guy that's coming in to give him the money is like i don't want anyone to notice me look he's here he's here uh was it dodger dodger dodger's here (laughs)
0: Dodger's here see nobody cares
1: who cares nobody cares Uh, yeah that's where the famous meme comes from and that's where they get the shaving cream uh canister to look like shaving cream but it's actually supposed to be a case where he could put in the the embryo dna inside so We get the famous scene where they're in the helicopter and they play the famous music. The... Great
0: visual scene. Great music. This is... I know when it comes to John Williams, obviously Star Wars is like the theme he's going to be known for for the rest of his life and for, you know, and beyond his death, but I've always loved his Jurassic Park score.
1: I would say the music here is on par with Star Wars because I can't discredit the star wars music at least the original because obviously you've got the famous uh but you also have the and then you also have the so jurassic park's got some or excuse me star wars has got some good music i can't discredit so i would say they're on par but that's beside the point so they land And that's when they're taken into some cars to go out to a field. And that's when Alan Grant, Ellie Sattler, and Ian Malcolm and uh, Donald look on and see a fucking, I think it's a Brontosaurus. Yes,
0: they Um, see the CGI uh, Brontosaurus. Um, This was the first CGI dinosaur we've seen in the film.
1: Yeah. And they're completely flabbergasted. And that's when they start playing the other famous tune here. And obviously they're just completely amazed. They're in shock at seeing this. They're just like mesmerized by the whole entire thing, which me and my wife were talking about as we were watching it and we are just like, could you actually imagine how it would be if we were literally, uh told to come to a theme park and we see uh it, the dinosaurs right there right in our faces
0: i know they have a, a theme park that's catered towards kids yet the first scene we get is all these guys with their giant stun guns trying to tame a little uh, raptor yeah <laughs> you know for kids
1: for kids you know
0: Kids. Anyway, you, around, you see
1: these guys with these giant stunt guns. So moving on, they uh, go into their little museum and this is where John Hammond explains how he was able to recreate these dinosaurs. And for all you dumb young ones out there to, to explain how he was able to do this, there was a mosquito from way back in the day from 65 million years ago that would suck on the blood of a mosquito or excuse me on a dinosaur similar to what you do they would do with a human and somewhere along the way that same mosquito would get onto a tree and the tree sap would fall onto the mosquito trapping it and over time it would get stuck there for millions and millions of years to where it would be buried underneath the ground and that's when uh, some archaeologist dug deep found it and was able to extract the DNA from a needle and be able to recreate it. So that's virtually the major gist of how he was able to do this. Then, uh, as i are watching this little footage that shows how it was recreated, they go into like a theme park type of thing where they're sh- shown different areas of this lab and then they get out on their own accord. They, they're, they like, really interested in seeing what we're, they want to see. That's when we're introduced to Dr. Henry Wu, who is uh, hatching the eggs. And is this where we see Ray Arnold for the first time, played by Samuel L. Jackson?
0: Uh, after this scene.
1: Okay.
0: They didn't Because they didn't meet Samuel L. Jackson, at least make her a little till later in the film.
1: Okay, so this is where my major complaint comes in, all right? And most people would think it's minor, but this is my major one. If I'm a film director, okay? And I acquire Samuel L. Jackson to be in my fucking movie. I don't care if the movie turns rated R. I'm having that dude say motherfucker at least 10 times. That
0: wasn't his trademark in 1993.
1: I don't give a fuck. No one knew what the kind of actor he would be I don't give to. a fuck. That's didn't it. you hear about the butterfly effect? If he would have <laughs> said it. If he would have said it here. I mean, come on. He is going to say motherfucker. I don't give it. This is where it would have been trademarked. I'm saying. I'm Just saying. I mean, he was already cursing up a storm in his 5 minutes of fame and coming to America. But I, dig- I digress you have Samuel Jackson you make sure he says motherfucker okay plain and simple but anyways so that's when Dr. Henry Rue is working with the, the, the eggs that are about to hatch and we actually see a hatching scene um, so they show an actual uh, looks like a raptor a velociraptor hatching from an egg which actually looks really good, uh, the way they did it. And that's when they explain, because one of the things that they were worried about was reproduction. Like, what if these dinosaurs reproduce? That's when Henry Wu is like, nah, it's impossible because we purposefully alter their DNA so that they're all female. Uh, I think they said something about like uh, altering their DNA with frog DNA.
0: Yes, because they mentioned that um, they don't get all the chromosomes. From the yep. di- from the DNA of the uh, the mosquito, so they they would take like DNA of a fraud or something to fill now, in those missing chromosomes.
1: That's important for later because, anyways, Doctor Ian Malcolm is like, dude, how do you know that they're still not going to reproduce? And you, and Henry Wu is like, how do you expect nature to be able to create dinosaurs when they're all female? And then that's when Dr. Ian Malcolm goes, nature finds a way. So, as we move on, they go on to dinner. They're about to have dinner.
0: Yes, the Black Room spotlight dinner scene. Yeah. I don't know what it is with Spielberg and spotlights. God damn it, so much spotlight in this movie.
1: So this this scene in particular is important because this is what explains the intelligence of the film. So the blood-sucking lawyer is sitting there, Donald, and he's going off about how uh oh yeah we can make people pay two thousand, ten thousand, and you got all the merchandise. But that's when uh Mr. Hammond was like, no 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 no. If I'm gonna have this park open, everyone's gonna enjoy it. I'm not gonna like just the, the filthy rich enjoy it. We he need wants every everyone, yeah. Yeah, he wants this to be accessible to everyone. And then that's when Dr. Ian Malcolm is just like, dude, even though him Ellie Sattler and Alan Grant were just like mesmerized by what they saw. They also came to grips with reality because of their specialties. Neymar was like, hold on a fucking second here. You don't realize what you got here and what you're tampering with. Uh, that's when he starts explaining to Hammond like, dude, the problem is, is that you didn't invent this thing yourself. You took what other people created and expanded upon it. So therefore, if anything goes wrong, you're not responsible. And he delivers the famous line that you guys are so preoccupied with whether or not you could that you didn't stop to think of whether or not you should. So they have this back and forth. And uh, what is it? He mentioned huh? condors, like they're near extinction. It's like, first off, you're comparing condors to dinosaurs, but whatever. But secondly, he amalgams like, dude, the difference is, is that deforestation isn't the reason for dinosaurs extinction they were natural selection by nature they had their chance and they got fucked.
0: yeah nature chose to extinct them and then yeah. dinosaurs with man man yeah. was never meant to exist with dinosaurs at the same time
1: yes and ellie sattler brought in the same concerns but in a different way and that's when hammond's like come on mr grant you must have one good thing to say about this park and he basically says, I don't want to go one way or the other, but how can we be sure that what we're doing is safe? And then that's when Hammond's like, wait a minute, you guys are all supposed to be defending me. And the one that is defending me is the blood sucking fucking lawyer The things that he hates. So that's when we're introduced to the grandkids, uh, Tim Murphy and Lex Murphy, played by Ariana Richards and Joseph Mazzello.
0: I uh, seen, that's all I've seen in another film. I think it was called Star Kid.
1: That's not the movie I saw him in. I saw him in Simon Birch.
0: Simon Birch. Okay, I haven't seen Simon Birch. Star Kid was kind of like, it's basically E.T.
1: That's,
0: that's the thing with Spielberg. Whenever he makes a big sci-fi film, there's so many copycats after it. Like, Jurassic Park, I think, is the best thing and the worst thing to happen to dinosaurs. Because after Jurassic Park, you had so many rip Roger Corman cast you in it. You ever heard of that film Tammy and the T-Rex? Oh, that one with Whoopi Goldberg, uh, uh, Theodore Rex, I think it was called. She teams up—it's uh, like a buddy cop film. She teams up with a fucking dinosaur. Fuck.
1: To be fair, they—it's—it's it's not just in the movie realm. Look at Candy Crush, for example. How many copycats of Candy Crush exist out there? Like ridiculous amounts. It's—it's it's almost insulting when you actually like download a game. And how so identical it is to Candy Crush that they don't even attempt—they don't even attempt to come up with their own concept to make it just at least a wee bit different than Candy Crush. So I, I, I can't speak to the, the rip-offs of Jurassic Park here. There have been other dinosaurs movies out there, like Land Before Time, uh, We're Back. But there you go. Um, so we were introduced to the grandchildren, and they go on the tour they now this is the part where they're supposed to go on this uh, automatic tour with the, the 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 cars where they go on an automatic like little rail i guess you can call it and that's when they're about to feed a goat because earlier they fed a cow to like a t-rex a t-rex just devoured it so they leave a goat but one thing that alan grant Points out is that you can't just leave it for them to feed. They also thrive on the hunting part, the the hunting the prey because they're carnivores.
0: Yeah, because that's in their blood. They've been doing it for sixty-five million years. You know, it's it's their
1: instinct. That's their instinct. They're not just going to go after a goat that you just threw out there. (laughs) But then at some point, uh, they get out of their cars. Oh, and this is where uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm explains chaos theory to uh ali Sattler where he talks about how let me drip this blood or uh, blood wow <laughs> that would <have> been gross. <laughs> drip this water on your hand and he dripped like one drop and it went one way and one drop went another way and explained that there's little things that you're not noticing with your hand that are different I'm trying to explain chaos theory and explaining how dangerous this whole ordeal is with the dinosaurs eventually they get out of the car and they see a very sick triceratops I don't know if they ever explained how this Triceratops got sick, but they just said that it gets sick every six weeks. So, eventually...
0: Uh, I have to put over, I'm sorry to stop you, the the special effects of that uh, Triceratops.
1: Yeah, animatronic.
0: And the animatronic, yeah, was done by the master Stan Winston. Uh, Stan Winston passed away in the late 2000s. His last film he did was Terminator Salvation. He passed away during production, but He's done the special, he's done animatronics for Terminator, Terminator 2, Aliens, Predator, this film. I mean, the guy is a legend, he's a master. And he's done uncredited work for The Thing. Uh, He's done done many other films, but that's just some of his many, he has a very impressive resume, and he's a legend. And the fact that he was able to pull this off, and of course later the animatronic uh, live-action T-Rex is just fucking amazing. And the yeah. actors, they mentioned, like, like, this was one of their favorite scenes in the film. Because now here's a dinosaur that they can actually touch.
1: Yeah, because before with the, the brontosaurus, we mentioned it was CGI. When they did that scene where they had to react, they had to react to nothing. Like, they didn't have any visual to react to. So they had to pretend they saw something. Whereas here, they actually could touch it and react to it. So Yeah,
0: um, yeah this is really the first uh, big animatronic in the film.
1: Yeah, so, anyways, uh, to try and discover if this weird food that they're eating from the branch is it, she has to go look through the the droppings. Meanwhile, we go back and we see uh, Dennis showing his frustration for not being paid well enough, and him and Hammond have a back and forth. And there's one part where I'm just like, come on, let Samuel say, (laughs)
0: motherfucker.
1: He's done. Hey! I know you're. Yeah, it eats me up inside. I Granted, this movie ain't rated on. I don't give a fuck. He needs to say motherfucker. I'm just saying. So, we get another famous line. They're going through the feces, and Dr. Ian Malcolm just takes off his glasses, looks at this pile of feces, and goes, that is one big pile of shit. One of my favorite lines in the movie.
0: Yeah, Jeff Goldblum so, please, shows off his charm
1: here. So, yeah. They're going through feces can't really see what the hell is wrong and then that's when the storm starts coming in uh which supposedly was an actual storm because this film was being filmed during hurricane season so
0: at least to- the, um um as uh when they first show like the storms on the beach yeah uh i don't know if you saw the netflix special that they did the movies on us the movies on whatever yep. it's called yeah, yep. Alex Spielberg who's like in director mode He's like, Dean, pull out the camera Record this
1: Yeah So uh, They're about to go back to their cars Because it's going to rain But uh, Allie Sadler stays, stays by Because she wants to keep studying this Triceratops Meanwhile, this is where uh, Dennis decides he's going to Pull his act He's going to run Steal the uh, the embryo hack the systems hack the security and uh get his stuff and go and so he runs away after grabbing the stuff and they try to mess with the computer to try and get everything back to square one but he had it password protected so they'll find out later that he basically fucked the whole deal but anyways so they're in their cars and somewhere along the way, their cars just completely stop. Me, and, let me put this in perspective. So you got the lawyer, you got the two kids, Ian Malcolm and Grant. The kids are with the lawyer in one car. Ian Malcolm and Grant are in another. And then that's when um, the two glasses that they have of water start vibrating, and you start hearing the big sound. The and oh, by the way, the goat from earlier gone. It's gone completely. And then. That's when this fucking T-Rex shows up. Whew. This T-Rex fucks everything up. The lawyer runs out of the car, leaving the two kids behind to run into a fucking porta potty. The uh, the dinosaur does his thing. He's just like just going through the fucking car, just destroying it. Is Eventually, this,
0: this is how you build tension this is how you yes. do suspense and it fucking pays off
1: keep in mind we're like an hour into this film at this point so you've got characters that are well built you've got the dinosaur that was hyped up you've got everything going for it and it just it by this point you're marking the fuck out and being like holy shit this dinosaur is just fucking shit up because at this point they didn't show the t-rex They never showed the T-Rex up until this point. It took like an hour for the film to really go through before they finally showed the T-Rex in its full form. So then there's that point where E.M., Malcolm, and and Grant want to save the kids. So they try to distract the dinosaur, and the dinosaur attacks E.M. Malcolm, though he does survive. He's just injured. But then... uh, the. T-Rex just devours the poor potty and then grabs the blood-sucking lawyer, eats him up, and kills him. And while all this is going on, uh, Dennis is trying to get away and he's bumping into everything, blah, 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 blah. But eventually, Dennis runs into little raptors, and he thinks, for some reason, he thinks these raptors are like fucking dogs. So he's like, here, go, 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 catch the stick, catch the stick. And the dinosaur just like looks back and just looks at him again. And this part is like, I'm, I'm an adult now, but if I was a kid, this would have freaked me the fuck out. The part where the, the raptor's like side wings or whatever like pop out and he just starts hissing. That's creepy as fuck. Then so he starts climbing back up into his car and he gets sprayed with mist and a little poison. And then as he locks the door. Then the other one is still inside and just attacks him and kills him. Meanwhile, his shaving cream filled with embryo falls... And it gets buried underneath the mud. I would presume that plays a role in the second film, but it gets buried and it's never referenced again. But uh yeah, so Ian Malcolm's hurt. Uh what happens next? Oh that, so uh,
0: that small dinosaur that attacked Wayne Knight in the car was played by the Great Muda. <laughs>
1: yeah, pretty much. Or the Great <laughs> Kabuki. <laughs> Could be the Great Kabuki, too. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, um, there's a part where the kids and Alan Grant are in a car and it just falls to the other side. And at this point, uh, there's so much shit going on. Uh, Timothy, I think the kid's name is, he's stuck up in a tree with the car and Alan Grant has to try and rescue him so that he doesn't get killed. Meanwhile, uh, Ali Sattler's back into the plant and they have to uh, try and save every one of them. So uh, who was the guard that was very smart with the t-rexes uh Turn. uh let me look at his name i just had it right here yeah that was the guy that he that follows him was it robert muldoon
0: yes robert by- muldoon. Peck.
1: yeah so robert muldoon goes out to to save everybody but they only end up saving ian malcolm because he was obviously laying on the ground injured
0: yeah, Sam, Neil, uh, Grant, he's with the kids, and they do more development with them because early in the film, he had this interaction with this little boy because the little boy didn't... I think he had, like, an issue with their dinosaur or, or didn't believe in him or some shit. I was like, that was, like, a little crap. And that, that okay. one... That,
1: oh, the first... No, well, the first kid in the very first movie or in the very first scene, that was a different kid entirely. He was just being a snot-nosed brat. This yeah. kid was just... he, he He's... He just talks a lot and rambles but he talks about dinosaur stuff he's very interested in that stuff he just he just rambles too much he battles yeah, well, yeah.
0: where i was going with that, i was saying like sam neil's character doesn't like kids so you kind of knew like oh okay he's gonna run into kids again later in the film man so yeah. they kind of foreshadowed that and of course he's here with the kids and he's being protective of them
1: all right and so eventually Keep in mind, all this is it's still raining and all that stuff. By the time they get into a tree and are able to have some shelter, they're protected. But then they see like, uh, I, I don't know if there were brontosauruses. I think there's a different name for these dinosaurs. But these dinos, these dinosaurs are herbivores. So they only eat plants, vegetables, stuff like that. So, whatchamacallit? uh Grant tries to get their attention and he does and the girl gets freaked out because she's like she's a vegetarian and she thinks that these dinosaurs are gonna eat her but not realizing um they're not gonna eat you they don't eat people they uh it's Lex I'm sorry Uh, they don't eat people they only eat plants so they're not gonna look at you at all so there's a scene where they wake up in the morning and uh, there's one brontosaurus like right up in their faces it's a really well done scene. It's the scene where they try to uh, become friendly with it, so they start feeding it more uh, leaves and some plants to try and like develop a friendship with it. So it's a very well done scene, and and they keep going back and forth between them trying to get their footing back, plus going back to um, the the lab where. There's one part in particular where Hammond and and Sattler are having a a sit-down E-along. And this is where he's like, "Ah, I made a mistake going with Dennis, but you know what? If I have more control, it'll be even better. It'll be more controlled. And she's like, dude, even if he wouldn't have done what he did, how can you be for sure that nothing would have gotten fucked up type of deal? So there's one part where... We're back onto the field, and you got Lex, uh, Tim, and Alan Grant. They're being—they're uh, watching a herd of these dinosaurs coming by. Now, I—I I should make mention. I'm surprised we me didn't mention this earlier. So, I was actually shocked when I discovered—and this is the truth—that uh, birds are like the ancestor of dinosaurs. So, yeah, dinosaurs evolved into birds, or some shit like that. And I've always thought well, that was weird. I thought like reptiles would be it because you know how dinosaurs look. But the way these particular di- uh, dinosaurs were running, they were running like ostriches. So it's like, oh, maybe this is the reason why they were birds at one point. The way they run, the way the bone structure is and all that shit.
0: Yeah, birds, chickens.
1: All well, eventually, it's, yeah, one of the T-Rexes captures one of them and so they have to go into hiding. Um, So, at some point, I think... Alan Grant, he discovers eggs all hatched. I I can't remember if it was here, but this is important. This is why I told the frog. He mentioned that certain frogs will change its gender or its sex depending on where it is, if it's in in an area where it's all the same gender. So if it's all female, it will actually change its DNA to male. And that is how these dinosaurs are now able to reproduce. Because some of these dinosaurs decided, I'm going to go male. And now you got an even bigger problem. Now they're reproducing. So what Dr. Ian Malcolm said was completely fucking correct. Nature found a way. So all that's going on. And uh, Arnold, Ray Arnold, now has to... There's one part in particular that they have to completely reset... The whole entire lab because of dennis's actions because now they can't get into the system they can't get into everything so they have to completely reboot yeah, so, yeah, we have to
0: all the way to the vault uh box that's outside and then so we get a scene there with uh lardern uh, his character going to the vault well, that's, that's where samuel jackson was supposed to be this is basically how he got killed off
1: yeah, he was killed off off screen. He got killed by one of the raptors that were inside. But I want to make a, a question. Guys like Henry Wu and all the other scientists that were there, did they just go home, or were they also eaten by the dinosaurs?
0: No, they, they the whole crew went home because they said that there's a boat that's leaving. And and I think Samuel Jackson said like by a certain time, you everyone's got to stop what they're doing and basically get the hell out before the boat leaves.
1: Ah,
0: uh, boat, you're screwed.
1: Okay, gotcha. Anyways.
0: I think, I think everybody else was supposed to leave on a, co- on a helicopter. But the Got storm it. came and fucked everything up.
1: Yep. All right. So now it makes sense. So, yeah, he has to go and try and uh, put the power back on. So he goes, and uh, whatchamacallit, Sattler and uh, Muldoon are going to follow him, I guess. And that's when we find out that uh, off screen Arnold gets killed. And at some point, uh, Muldoon is out there and gets killed by one of the, uh, the Velociraptor. Yeah, the Velociraptor. Because now we're starting to see more of the Velociraptors coming in and just devouring people. And these Velociraptors look really fucking good in this film. So, uh, make a long story short, eventually uh, Sattler is able to get everything running, but then a Velociraptor starts chasing her around the lab. They, uh, she gets out of the building, meets up with uh, Grant and the kids, and is able to bring them back into the building. And there's a big chase scene that goes on there with the kids and the velociraptor, specifically in the kitchen, where apparently a dinosaur knows how to fucking open a door at this point. Go figure. Um, so there's a big chasing that goes on there. The, the, the chasing just pretty much goes on until they get into the main lobby. So now the only ones that are left are uh, Grant, Malcolm, uh, Sattler, Tim, Lex, and uh, Hammond, Dr. Hammond. And there's a part where they're in the lobby and they're basically cornered by two Velociraptors. And then that's when the T-Rex makes a babyface turn. He goes, babyface. So wait a
0: minute. Another little nitpick here. So yeah. every time the T Rex approaches, we all we hear the foot stops, you hear yeah, the yeah. vibrations.
1: Yeah,
0: there was no vibrations where he just came when he made his face turn.
1: Uh, like
0: standing outside waiting for, for the to show
1: I'm say. Hey, Maybe maybe he was standing outside waiting. <laughs> um,
0: maybe yeah. was waiting wait on orders from Vince or you're now face. <laughs> well, yeah,
1: we'll you know. back to SmackDown again. Oh wait a minute. You won SmackDown last week. Well, push her to wall, damn it! Go back to developmental. Work on your skills. Learn to, learn to work like a big man. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the T-Rex just randomly turns face for some reason. I that was the only part that really that and some of these chase scenes do go on for quite a bit, but
0: the kitchen scene was good, but it did go on a little bit to me,
1: but. It's a nitpick for me because I still ended up like really enjoying what I saw. But anyways, they escape after the T Rex turns good guy for some reason because he really wasn't friendly to them before. So, whatever. So they leave. They they see uh, Ian Malcolm in the car with uh, Hammond driving. They hop in and basically Alan Grant says, "I am here to let you know that I am here not to not endorse your park." uh and I say no to endorsing your park and that's when Hammond says so do I so they get away they go to their area where they're supposed to get the helicopter and there's a scene where Hammond's just looking back and he's just like you could see defeat cuz he had a great idea
0: he was so married to this idea
1: and and I can't blame him because he would have been recognized as like a fucking hero to bring back the one species That we never got to interact with So He feels as though he got robbed Of that So they hop on the helicopter And the sun is about to go down And they leave And that's the end of the movie yep.
0: I wonder if uh, the T-Rex got in one last roar It was kind of like his uh, Go away scene His big go away line
1: Yeah so The movie what? is about what's up
0: I said a lot of good stuff in this movie
1: oh yeah it's it's a very good film it's probably one of the best films of the 90s and and I think for what four years it held the record for the highest box office before Titanic came out
0: yeah Titanic came out your uh, prior year prior to that even though it didn't dethrone uh, Jurassic Park but Independence Day was a huge hit
1: right well yeah another Jeff Goldblum film um, but yeah, uh, I think Titanic was the one that out What was the um, what was the, the title t- before Jurassic Park?
0: Who held that title? Yeah, I want to say off the top of my head, Star Wars.
1: Really? They kept saying uh, in that little documentary you showed me was E. T. It could be E. T.
0: Well, the okay. budget of Jurassic Park was sixty-three million. And it turned in over a billion dollars at the box office.
1: And, and guys, keep in mind that's 1993. A $1 billion dollars in 1993—that's nearly 30 years ago. Oh, yeah, so I
0: mean, Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, really started the whole, I guess, box office. In in a way, he kind of created the summer blockbuster.
1: Yeah, because ET. Um, which we we'll call it. This film, E.T., I remember, made a lot of freaking money too, because I'm looking at it. The movie budget for E.T. was ten and a half million and it made seven hundred and ninety-two point nine million dollars. And that movie came out in nineteen eighty-two. That made near a billion dollars in eighty-two. And this movie came out in ninety-three and it made over a billion dollars, so. And then on top of it, that documentary said that even though they spent $63 million to make the movie, they spent another 65 just to promote the damn thing. So even with that being said, that's what, $128 million? Yep. I think they made them fucking money back. Oh
0: yeah, Universal's very happy. A big oh, smile
1: on their face. There is no wonder whatsoever why there's a whole section for Jurassic Park in their theme park no question and both the rides jurassic park river adventure and velocicoaster fantastic rides i recommend them both one is just an immersive experience of seeing dinosaurs the other is a fantastic roller coaster so and this film in particular is what started it and it's a an excellent film it's probably one of the better action films i'd seen i recommend it because there's a little bit of horror element to when the dinosaurs look like they're about to devour people and the way they fuck people yeah, up. In
0: the- just the introduction of the T-Rex. I, I was like, oh my God, now we're watching a horror movie.
1: In a way, yeah. Because that T-Rex fucked everything up. So, I thought this was... At one time, I used to not like this film because of the too much talking and just the film just felt too long. But with the lens I have now great film excellent film this is a film that I said to myself if I ever buy surround sound for wherever I live this is the first film I want to play with surround sound just because this, this
0: is the film I want to see in theaters again
1: yeah not, this, not, uh, the dinosaurs yeah. see this in theaters just, for, just to get the experience these dinosaurs the way they just scream the way they howl the way it, it's, it's impressive and even looking at it in 2022 the some of the practical effects are really really good i mean the only scene in particular you could probably see is dated it's when they're using the cgi but the animatronic and puppet look alike that they do dude it still looks very good probably even better than what i saw in that jurassic park trailer because it's all cgi And, and i think that's something that is got a lot of lost sight i think cgi is is a major problem because cgi makes things even look even faker in my
0: there's just too much of it
1: yeah like cgi is good for like sci-fi and stuff like that but for something like a dinosaur film it wasn't needed and and that's been a big gripe with universal parks was that they're using a lot of well not so much now the last two rides that they opened up aren't a victim of this but they had been using screens for the rides as opposed to animatronics which is more authentic experience now i understand why they use screens because it's easier to maintain as opposed to animatronics which they wear and tear over time and they don't want to put money into keeping them maintained because there's a lot but when you got something like jurassic park here there's no need for CGI. The What they did for the T-Rex, for the Velociraptors and all that stuff, it works. Even 30 years later, I when I see that little Velociraptor hatching in the egg, I believe that more than if they would have used a computer to make it happen. Yeah. That's my opinion. And that's- I agree, 100%. This, this film is I I'm gonna I'm gonna state the obvious here. I'm assuming that this is a movie that they there there's a place that's called uh, where they preserve movies where they're not allowed to like they literally keep these the movies preserved.
0: The uh, National Film
1: Registry. Yeah, I'm assuming this is definitely one of them.
0: That's, oh yeah, yep.
1: There's no way that this film isn't in there. Yeah, in 2018, the film was selected for preservation as being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. And I 100% agree with that. This film is definitely important. And everybody that was involved, from uh, Wayne Knight, Samuel L. Jackson, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Richard Attenborough, Bob Peck, B.D. Wong, Joseph Mozella, Ariane Richards, uh, Bob Peck, Martin Ferraro.
0: Yep, everyone on camera, behind the scenes. Spielberg, motherfucker. Mm-hmm could argue this is a masterpiece of a film because as soon as he finished shooting this film he went to Europe and he shot Schindler's List like he couldn't he couldn't I'm not sure how much involved he was with post production because I think they did some video calls with him just so he could see how the editing was coming along because he just he he, like 93 94 he was very he was a busy man
1: I'm starting to wonder myself is Steven Spielberg, one of the greatest directors of all time. Yes. Yeah, I'm one definitely. of those.
0: Guys. Spielberg is a man who was born to make movies.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And he basically created the uh, the summer blockbuster.
1: Yeah, I agree with that.
0: And and what I was saying, like, because this is such a well done, well thought out film. Like, I consider this to be like one of the last big, smart made blockbuster films. Before yeah. it just got all dumb, but then they still made money because of the name. Because, it's like, you know, making it smart didn't really matter anymore. It was about explosions and all this other stuff, all the big fancy CGI. In, and that wasn't Jurassic Park. I mean, Spielberg yeah. not, is not that kind of filmmaker.
1: He literally could have made Jurassic Park into a movie where just somehow dinosaurs exist and are overtaking the earth, but instead he they came up I, I mean granted it was a book before it became a movie but as we talked about previously directors don't give a shit about source material now what I don't know what the source material is to this book but I can safely say as a movie it was intelligently done a guy wants to run a theme park because he found out how to replicate dinosaurs into our current ecosystem but these people who are experts in this certain field have doubts of having Uh, actual people and dinosaurs in the same universe and on top of it having dinosaurs entrapped into an island assuming that they're not going to get out of control and if they do get out of control how do you stop it so it's a very well done film and then we start to see what it is when the dinosaurs get chaotic so it's a very well done film everybody and no character is stupid. When I say stupid, I mean like, wow, like, what's the purpose of this character? Even the blood-sucking lawyer plays his role to perfection. So, everything was so well done. Just, you could have let Samuel Jackson say, motherfucker. So,
0: <laughs> you all let that go.
1: No, I'm not. I'm not. Could have let him say it at least five times. I can't say once because it wouldn't have been enough.
0: I, I don't think they dropped the f quarter this film at all, come to think of it. Oh, it and, and you're oh, allowed one. That was your opportunity.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, what what was Schindler's list rated? R. I would say, yeah, that was rated R. That was like one of Stephen King, or St- King, Stephen Spielberg's few rated R films, or has he done a lot more?
0: Probably, What well, definitely one of every few. I mean, Save a Private Ryan's rated R, obviously.
1: Um... Because most of the films I recognize them for are more family movies like E.T., Jurassic Park.
0: Of course, Jaws, rated R.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, Jaws. Wait, what, he did Jaws? Yes, he did. Okay, all right. Yeah. Man. Jaws, hmm. uh,
0: Close Accounts of a Third Kind, and then he did 1941, which flopped.
1: Well, he uh, did Indiana Jones, right?
0: Yeah, then he did Indiana Jones, uh, all three. All four, I should say. Well, I mean, they're coming out with a fifth one. He's, he's just being a producer for that. I knew he, I knew he wasn't going to direct the fifth one. No way. He didn't, he didn't even want to direct the fourth one. I,
1: I forgot he did the color purple as well.
0: Yeah, that that's when the studio, see, Spielberg at the time, the studios didn't take him serious being a dramatic guy. They only saw him as like a summer blockbuster director. They didn't think he could do drama like that, and then he proved everyone wrong with the color purple, and it's a shame that the color purple didn't win Best Picture. They got robbed that year. hmm And some yep. people say it was a racial thing.
1: He also did Hook.
0: Yes, he did Hook, I think, right before Jurassic Park.
1: Yeah, Hook came out in 91, yeah. You know, I didn't even know this. He did uh, Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks.
0: True story, yep, I knew that.
1: Yeah, I didn't know he... Uh, he also did the Lincoln movie.
0: Yep, that was a good movie. Oh.
1: The um, only movie I remember that was- hearing that he did that was really panned and I actually saw it was World of the Worlds.
0: Yeah, I saw that in theaters.
1: Yeah, I saw in theaters too. My well, really
0: father pretty- is a huge mark of the first film, the original, that it was based off, and he, he didn't even like the new one. Um the thing is, the World of the Worlds he wanted to come he wanted he's been wanting to film that film since the nineties. But so no. what screwed him Was that Independence Day Beat him to it Because Independence Day Is basically the same idea uh, um, Alien Mayors.
1: In a way Yeah And I think Independence Day Did a better job Than The 2005 uh, War of the Worlds We're, we're going to have to Review Independence Day So that we can get Two different perspectives on it. Yeah,
0: Eventually I don't I, I'm surprised That film has a huge following I'm Like Why?
1: I wouldn't call it a huge following on my end but I don't think it's as bad as you're saying it is
0: oh uh, yeah that's one we'll do that one one day but Ind- Independence we could do definitely a month of like Alien Invaders type like d month. we could do that we would probably do Spielberg's War of the Worlds I haven't seen that since uh I went to see it in theaters.
1: I saw it like one of the time on TV and it was hard to watch so um but yeah as far as Jurassic Park 1, classic, just an ultimate classic. This is like, this is a film Steven Spielberg should definitely be proud of. Absolutely. No.
0: And this was really the introduction to CGI.
1: Uh, yeah. At least, uh, yeah. But for
0: Peter bad, you know, however you want to look at it.
1: And, and you can argue Terminator 2, but...
0: T2 as well, that, yeah.
1: But this, this film is excellent. No doubt about it. Not yeah. perfect, but excellent. Yeah,
0: it really showed what CGI could do because a big demand that Spielberg had going into this film is that he wanted the dinosaurs to walk. He wanted to, to, to frame where you could see the full dinosaur body walking. And everyone was like, we can't do that's nearly impossible until they sh- they saw them doing it on a computer and they were, everyone was blown away when they had test screened it to the executives. Like, oh my God. Like this, like this is the next step of filming. Is the CGI?
1: Yep. And it paid off because again, highest box office for four years. Yep. It definitely paid off, and they made their money back by nine hundred million dollars. So they definitely earned every freaking penny.
0: Take a bow, everyone. You've earned it.
1: Yeah, this is where you have to put in the clap. Yep.
0: And then, they made a scene. Ah, yeah. For Fractured Skulls, I'm Turner Travis. For
1: Monoxide. You were so preoccupied with whether or not you could, that you didn't stop to think of whether or not you should.